0: Hello, I'm Lauren Callis and this is the Get Rooted podcast. On this podcast, I talk about things around personal growth, psychology, spirituality, and pretty much anything that helps us as individuals become the best version of ourselves. Rooted is also community, so if you're looking for people to grow with, who are trying to change the world for the better, then find me on become underscore rooted, and let's hold each other accountable. Let's support one another. Let's bring some good to the world. Um, I do have a couple of announcements before we get into today's show. The first being I am looking for people to talk with on the podcast. As much as I enjoy the solo cast, um, I think it's more of a community if I talk to other people so if you are interested in that or you know somebody who would be a good guest uh, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or if you want you can also hit me up at Podcast at gmail.com another one is I wanted to apologize for the lateness of the podcast um My goal is to get them out weekly and i had the plans of getting them out recently but i was traveling and i managed to leave my laptop at home by accident and it's a little bit hard to do all the work uh, needed with my phone so i had to take a couple weeks off i um think it's important that as i share this project and as it's As it develops it's not just about the content but you know that community aspect and I'm definitely going to be a part of the community so as much as I don't want it to be rooted to be about me specifically um, I think it's important that I kind of share what's up especially when I'm trying to be consistent with this and then lastly oh yes I uh, always have to do this but if you could please leave a comment like the podcast, share it, five-star review, all that good stuff. Anything that basically tells the AI algorithms that my stuff's worth sharing and promoting and listening to. It would help me out a lot and it would help it get into other people's ears so more people can join in and be a part of the community. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. It is more about my personal thoughts and some writing that I did a couple months ago that I hope that at the very least is interesting and hopefully on the better side of the spectrum that you guys find it thought-provoking. I'll give you a little bit of context before I get into it. It is around the concept of the inner child or our inner child. And if you're not familiar with the concept of the inner child, it, it's pretty much as the name suggests. The idea that within us is a inner child or inner children, kind of depending on the theories you subscribe to, that is often perceived to be something that is created from trauma from growing up. And trauma in this context is pretty much anything that overloads our nervous system that isn't accurately processed afterwards. So it could be something big. But it also could just be a a painful experience, you know, something that we didn't necessarily know how to process or handle and never kind of got around to resolving it. And there's a lot of books on the topic. One that I read after I wrote this entry that I'm going to share with you guys um, is called Taming the Outer Child by Susan Anderson and I'll put it in the show notes too if you want to check it out. It's a really good book. Uh, Her concept is not only do we, we have an inner child which she uses to identify our inner feelings in a way that we can honor them but then she also creates the concept of an outer child and in her system that outer child is pretty much all the unhelpful behaviors that we may participate in based on our inner child feelings so an example could be um feeling insecure about something and so instead of doing the thing to gain skill around it the outer child would be like well I'm just not going to do that at all and then you get into patterns of like sloth or avoidance or procrastination things that ultimately don't help us but um or immature defense techniques to keep that inner child feeling safe. And when I wrote this entry, I hadn't read the book yet, but I had been doing a lot of work around the ego and personal development and shadow work even at the time and inner child work. And something kind of started to come up for me where I started to connect the dots. And I'll, I'll start there with it. I write I'm starting to think more and more of my ego as a child. Especially, this feels especially true when something triggers me. I'll feel small, delicate, vulnerable, dependent, fearful, incapable, disempowered. But then I realized, what else are children? Inexperienced, immature, naive, Impulsive. This is not a new thought or not even a novel concept, but it's starting to click into place. So, what if I started to treat my emotional experience, my ego, as a child I'm responsible for? What if I were to start parenting a child I wanted to make sure made it into being a responsible, mature adult? If that was the case, I would love them as they are, even unskilled. They didn't know any better. Explore topics with them, let them try and fail, and I would encourage them to keep trying. I would guide them to the right answers, reminding them that they are still loved. Tell them that I'm proud and hold them accountable when they fail, but not through shame, but through education, reflection, repairing damages, and finding opportunities to try again. I would be patient but stern. I would reward good behavior and disincentivize bad behavior. And also, not overwhelm them. I would give them tasks for their skill level. And one, so I'll pause there and kind of add like, one of the things that I find personally really helpful about the inner child concept, and as I started to kind of mull over the idea of my ego being the child completely, is. I started to recognize that I would have behaviors that were not in line with my highest self or my ideal self or who I wanted to be. And most of these things were motivated by like a fear or an insecurity, um, anxiety of some sort. And I know that I personally have a harsh inner critic and I don't think that that's uncommon. I think many people, if not all of us, do in some situations where we have this voice inside our head that is judging, criticizing, shaming, and guilting us into doing whatever the thing is, or being harsh when we make a mistake. And I've come to realize that while that method can be effective, it also comes with like a painful price. You know, it that criticism and that harsh inner judge will push us harder than we need to go. And it's on that guise of that we're not good enough as we are. And as a result, we're constantly trying to push ourselves to satisfy this inner critic. And when we are motivated from that inner critic in this sense of being unworthy, we hide behind these masks and we overfunction, and we live inauthentically because we're trying to s- step up to this inner ideal. Because we don't believe that we're enough, it also causes us to self-abandon and not listen to our truth because we don't trust or value ourselves. And we'll trust someone else's truth, especially if it's about us and it aligns with that negative thought of we're not enough. Because it's so insidious and it can show up in our, how we interact with others so much. The idea of having an inner child or the ego being this inner child and us being able to look at these fragile parts of ourselves and then step back and be a wise inner parent, we can start to hold this vulnerable side of ourselves more gently and not treat it so harshly but as this small part of ourselves that's just unskilled or it's experienced trauma and so it's hurt and afraid of being hurt again. And we can show up more with nurturing, loving, compassion for for our ego and these small sides of ourselves in a way that allows us to expand and cultivate those sides instead of approach it with like harsh criticism and judgment so I go on to write so instead of feeling shame I'll feel compassion for myself when I feel insecure I'll realize that I lack skill experience, practice I'll see it as immaturity instead of a flaw I'll start approaching the challenges as What am I trying to teach my inner child? Why? What's the most effective way to do that? Where do others struggle and how can I make sure that my inner child can be successful at this lesson? What tools do I need? What is the lesson plan? What will my inner child look like after this lesson? Why is it important? I'll also allow myself to be grateful for opportunities that highlight room for growth and teachable moments for my inner child even when those lessons are painful or the lessons aren't what I expected them to be and I think another thing that goes into being a inner parent to ourselves um, is also being able to practice more joy you know I'm not a parent yet but I think about how I would go about parenting and I've thought about it a lot especially in terms of trying to parent myself and I think a wise inner parent would also be joyful for for the exploration their child does and they'd also loop into that whole self-care self-love thing you know it's easy to say you know, the inner child may want to stay up until 2 a.m. playing video games. But the wise inner parent knows, hey, I've got responsibilities in the morning. I can't do that. I need to make sure that I get enough sleep so I can be healthy and well-rested and be show up the best version of myself. And I can't do that if I'm making irresponsible decisions. So self-care and self-love... And the way we can do that also shows up in this idea of being the highest version of ourselves and not necessarily falling into any trappings of being over-identified with the ego or the inner child. So I also wrote, I'll practice more joy for my inner child. I'll care for her. That's all the basics. And also play. Play. Explore. Imagine. Allow for opportunities for creativity. Joy developing passions interests and help her gain the skills that make her feel more confident worthy of her own value and self-validating i think too coming from a place of having this inner critic that is often has driven me to uh, perform and over and be the best version and often Uh, achieve 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 and I've always had interests but that concept of having the inner critic has always made it to the point where my interest, play, passion all that stuff has been put on the back burner because of duty and responsibility and over-functioning. So in recognizing if my ego is stunted in certain ways Then I also need to recognize that part of growing up and part of maturing and part of being a healthy adult is having a good balance between play and exploration and that responsibility. So from here I kind of take it into a metaphysical space. Um, I believe that we're all part of the divine. And if you're okay with the word God, then use the word God. If you prefer the word the universe, then use the word the universe Um, but I believe that we're, we're all one and the only thing that separates us is the illusions we have and the adaptations we've made that create the idea of being separate so when I identify with the whole I'm not saying I, Lauren believe that I am God Uh, I believe that God or the universe is within me and I that part of me is beyond the limitations of Lauren if that makes sense so I I go on to write I know I am part of of a larger universe and I know that I'm just a child too just a little human uneducated powerless a scared animal If I can, I will try to remember this connection and tap into my higher self and the divine connection around me to help and love and support my little human self. I also know, and it's so easy to forget it, but that I share that divinity with everyone and everything else too. Everyone else is me too. Everyone struggles. Everyone needs and deserves love. Everyone else has wounds. Everyone else has fears and is just trying to do their best. Everyone else has pain, has known hurt, felt rejection, experienced fear and joy. Everyone is responsible for learning their own lessons and walking their own path. And all I can do, all we can do, is show them love and support. We can treat them well, encourage and love. And I wrote that particular part because... It's really easy for us to get either hung up in our little ego experience, our little small limited child experience, and the more isolated we feel from one another, the easier it is to over-identify as the main character or the subject in the universe, the only sole subject in the universe, and everyone else become objects. But if we can remember that we're just as much as important as everybody else and everyone else is just as important as us, it can help facilitate that compassion and that empathy and to remind ourselves that we too have just as much to struggle with as the next person and that the other person has hurt and trauma and is also trying to do their best with what they got where they're at and what they know and even if you don't want to subscribe to the whole unity mind kind of theory or the fact that even if you're atheist like still finding that common ground that common humanity with one another I think really does a good number on cultivating that connection regardless of the framework that it comes in So the last thing I wrote was, I will be careful with my inner child. I will not give her into the care of someone I don't trust, who is irresponsible, or has bad intentions, or is incapable of caring for that inner child. And to speak to this one a little bit, I believe that the healthiest relationships that we find ourselves in are ones where we can share our most vulnerable, fragile, and immature parts, and then be safe. And that's not to say that our partner should take over the responsibility of being our inner parent, because that's always on us. But I, I think having a partner, either if we're dating or in a long-term relationship or married, that that person is able to witness that side of us and be responsible and care for it accordingly and vice versa. Like I think part of our responsibility of being in a relationship with someone is when they show us their flawed, fragile, immature sides that we can hold space for them and love them and support them and even try to help nurture that side of them into growing into a more mature aspect of their personality. You know, and of course that's obviously through conversation and consent and not trying to change anyone without, you know, it being explicit that that's what they want. But being in a relationship where I never felt like I could be an, at all sharing my inner child to sharing one where I felt seen and all those fragile parts of me felt loved and supported. I could never imagine being again in another relationship where that wasn't the norm. And, it, and it's hard too, you know, sharing that side of us and then receiving it from someone else. Because it's not the best part of us, you know. It's it's sometimes the part of us that's petty or uh, anxious or uh, irrational or fearful. Or it's the scared animal. So the more that we can do for ourselves to nurture and cultivate and grow these aspects of ourselves, that's great. But it also helps to have... A context and a space with others in a romantic partnership in good friendships and family where we're, we're not trying to hide ourselves or trying to fall into that pattern of that inner critic of trying to prove ourselves to someone else. And if you find yourself in a relationship where insecurity reigns or Uh, you're constantly self-monitoring not saying whatever it is you need to say or over-functioning then that's an opportunity for you to kind of look at yourself and see what parts of you need tending to what parts of you need love and attention and care and how can you as the individual take those inner parts of yourself under your wing and start nurturing them And not so much about trying to outsource that to someone else. So the last little bit that I wrote um, was a way to help navigate myself into a strong inner parent role when I found myself uh, struggling. And what I recommend before doing any sort of this inquiry, like I'm about to list out, is to try to make sure that you're emotionally regulated. Because what happens is when we're triggered and we're looking at something and we're feeling overwhelmed and we're in a fight or flight response, what we're going to do is come up with every reason under the sun to support the reason why we should be stressed or we should be anxious. And trying to rationalize with ourselves or somebody else when they're in that state is not very effective. So if you find yourself in a state of dysregulation, go do something that can calm you down. If it's deep breathing, if it's a cold shower, if it's going for a run, like I've mentioned that I like to do, find something that helps get you back embodied, get some of that anxious energy out of your system. Because trying to go through these questions like I'm about to list out is not going to work. So get regulated and then try to answer these questions. What are you fearing? Why are you fearing it? How does it make you feel? Which, which wound does it relate to? What does your inner child need to see, hear, have happen? Can I provide my inner child with this? What can someone else do during that time? And I'm going to jump in right here and add self-regulation. We can do that as an individual on our own. We don't need anybody else around us. That could be stuff like breath work, like I said, running. Um, and it's, it's on our own. Then there's also co-regulation, which is done with somebody else. Uh, As an example, one of the things that always helped me calm down if I was anxious about something was cuddling with someone, being held, breathing with them, not even necessarily having to say something, but just feeling their presence help support me in kind of bringing myself back down to a baseline. So you have self-regulation and co-regulation. And as an aside, when you're in partnership, when you're in a relationship, the, the people around you should want to help regulate with you. But if you're consistently with someone who's not wanting to regulate or help you get regulated, then you may want to reevaluate that relationship. Thank the emotion for stopping by. For their lessons, for bringing something that needs your attention to the awareness. Find presence, find self love, compassion, and care. Seek reconnection if appropriate. And other questions could be what could be a better way to look at this? What is a different perspective, different view, opportunity to practice growth? What is the most loving, faithful, compassionate way to look at this? What would the brave, courageous, open, loving choice be to make? Then show your inner child love. Cradle them, reassure them, remind them that they aren't alone. Reassure them, reassure them that you'll look out for them. Be a secure base and a safe haven for them. So the concept of a secure base and a safe haven come from the idea of around attachment theory. A secure base is just what it sounds like. That part of or a child can go out and explore and have a parent be that secure base to come back to. Um, A safe haven is while out about and exploring having a place that you can come to to be safe. So, in, in both concepts, it's the idea of being loving and available to support that inner child or someone else's inner child. Um, and I kind of also just want to throw in there for anyone who struggles with emotional unavailability, that the idea of maybe sitting with a vulnerable side and cradling an inner child form of us may seem really silly. Instead of having this harsh inner critic that's constantly challenging and shaming some vulnerable part of you, you're able to hold that side and nurture it in a way that actually allows it to grow. You're not going to be able to do that for someone else until you're able to do it for yourself. There will always be some form of judgment or impatience or irritation with someone else if that's the type of standard you hold yourself to. So if you want to show up better for the people in your life and you want to show up as a loving, supportive partner, friend, whatever, parent, giving yourself that own own practice, holding yourself gently and encouraging yourself with kind words instead of criticism is actually going to to make you the badass you want to be because then you're unstoppable because you don't need validation, reassurance, um, anything from someone else like you're able to give it to yourself and that makes you be able to show up more powerfully and grounded for yourself and others. So I know it sounds may sound kind of silly with this idea of, well, I'm just gonna cradle my inner child, <laughs> but, um, from my experience, there's a lot of wisdom to be gained from it. So uh, that is all I've got written down. So I'm gonna wrap up the podcast by asking you guys, uh, what do you guys think? How do you interact with your inner child? Do you feel like you have multiple inner children? Do you have parts of you, depending on the circumstances, feel more like they're five? And other parts of you that feel like they're 13 or a sassy teenager, older sassy teenager? Um, And how in the past have you addressed those parts of yourself and how can you start to address them differently? And the questions that I asked or I outlined for myself were ultimately to help me evaluate a situation, figure out what was the immature part of myself, and then how can I learn from that experience and how can I grow from it? So you don't necessarily have to use my questions, but what are some questions that you can help navigate your struggles with? Um, I'd love to hear them. I'm going to post this on Instagram. So if you guys wanted to post underneath it. Or on other social medias. Like it's going to be linked to Twitter and Facebook as well. I'd love to hear your answers. I'd love to get to know you guys. And I will catch you guys next week with another episode. Take care.